Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are talking about things to focus on and remember about your pregnancy. Now, before we jump into the episode, I want to put a call out to all of our expecting mamas. If you are looking for a community of supportive women, if you are feeling overwhelmed or intimidated or alone in your pregnancy, and you would like to be part of a group of women who are compassionate, supportive, caring, and excited about motherhood, and you want to have a curated library of information about you in your pregnancy and postpartum journey, as well as access to an amazing range of masterclasses on a huge variety of topics from international guest experts, then joining our mommy mentorship program is exactly what you need to do. And to do that, you just need to go to mommymentorship.com and you can sign up there. And it is low budget. It is accessible to all women. It works out to being this, the same price as three venti extra hot caramel macchiatos a month. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, intimidated, excited, isolated, wanting to join an amazing group and join us, you should definitely check out our exclusive mommy mentorship program. Now, back to the episode. So this week's episode is about talking about things to focus on and remember about your pregnancy. And I think sometimes people feel like when you're pregnant, it feels like it lasts forever. And it does. But it also happens so quickly and really is just a brief sojourn in your journey of life. And And with that, there are so many things that can be overwhelming and anxiety inducing. And it's important to it with that anxiety and kind of feeling of like you're in a whirlwind of change. It can be really hard to make and remember those lasting memories of your pregnancy. So for our pregnant listeners now or trying to conceive listeners now, Maybe this episode is something that you take to heart, you think about so that you can focus on what you're experiencing in your journey so that after you have the baby and you are a new mama and you can look back and remember and savor those part, these points um, so that you remember some positives and some really good things. Because sometimes I think when we're pregnant, we forget about that. At least I know it's always it's kind of human nature to remember the negative over the 
kind of nice, positive experiences. Think that no matter what your pregnancy is like, there are always going to be things that you want to remember and maybe a few things you want to forget. But in general, <laughs> um, hopefully it's more things that you want to remember. So uh, we've come up with a list of six different things that we look fondly back on. So the first one would be uh, the first time you feel your baby kick. Now, do you remember the first time you felt Freya kick? I remember feeling the first kick, but it actually isn't the first kick. It's the first time that I actually clued in as to what I was feeling. And then thinking about once I realized, oh, that's what a kick feels like. I started thinking, I remember thinking back, be like, oh, I've kind of been feeling this for a few weeks now. Do you remember feeling like being like, that's a definite kick? Um, I remember the first time that I actually felt them moving. It would have been Porter that I could feel moving. And it was just like, I was like, why do I have butterflies and this like fluttering in my stomach? And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the baby. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty amazing feeling. And I don't, I wouldn't necessarily classify it or describe it as like butterflies, though that is a really common description is like butterfly flutters. Um, that's, a, that's exactly how it felt. It felt like something was fluttering in my stomach. For me, it kind of, I would describe it as almost like feeling like little bubbles popping in my belly. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have said that. But that's not to say that the way she was or the way the boys were, like, it would probably depend on what they were doing, too. Yeah. And you know what? A really big, big piece that plays a part into when you feel your first kicks and how you feel them and like the strength of noticing them is the location of your placenta. Um, because there are two locations you can have an anterior, sorry, an anterior placenta, which means that your placenta is at the front of your uterus. So facing your belt, like facing your belly button, or you can have a posterior placenta where it's at the back of your uterus facing your spine and back. Um, and if most pregnancies are posterior, so the placenta is at the back and that when you have a, a, a posterior placenta location, you do tend to feel um, your kicks pretty strong all the way through your pregnancy. If you have an anterior placenta, it's almost like a buffer or like a pillow that they're kicking, the baby is kicking in the movement into. So it can be very muffled and can be very hard to tell, like, is this gas? Is this a kick I'm feeling? Because they're kicking into the placenta, which then you have to feel through your belly. So an anterior placenta can cause a lot of, at least I know from my experience, um, Maeve was an anterior placenta. And even though I knew what I was looking for and feeling, it was hard to feel her movements, even all the way, like in third trimester through to the end, there were times where I was like, oh my goodness, like I need to get you moving. I need to feel your kicks because of the plus, the anterior placenta and muffling it and acting as like a buffer. It can be really stressful knowing that you have an anterior placenta and not being able to feel the kicks, but knowing the location of your placenta can help you ease that if you're worried about not being able to feel kicks. Do you know where your placentas were? I know I had both. So I'm wondering, it'd be interesting to know if, I guess, what was, do you know what Freya was? Freya was an, a posterior. Okay. 
I think Caroline was anterior, and I want to say Cooper was anterior and Porter was posterior, but I don't remember. Right, because I could be mixing that up. Because the twins yeah. had two sacks. They were two sacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fraternal. So when the when the boys were little, they used to like basically tread water, which would explain the fluttering if that's what they were doing. Right, it was like treading water, like going back and forth, kicking legs. But it'd be interesting to know what Freya liked to do. Maybe she just liked to like kick, which is why you would feel like a kick, kick versus treading water, which would feel like butterflies. Freya was really active um, and she would kick, kick. She didn't necessarily, like I wouldn't, even on ultrasounds, like watching ultrasounds, she was like definite kicking motions. Um, And she would also like to roll. She would do barrel rolls and uh, later in my pregnancy, like third trimester towards the uh, end of her pregnancy. Um, like, so between, I would say 28 and 34 weeks when I had her, she loved to roll her bum and you could see her bum like sticking out and she would used to get wedged in my ribs. Um, but she was a definite like kicker as opposed to like a treading water kind of cons- consistent mover. Finn was less active. And I had a posterior placenta for him as well. And he, yeah, he just generally was less active. Um, He's a bit more chill. And then Maeve with my anterior placenta, she was a kicker, but um, she loved to kick out the side. So she was kicking out past my, like out the side of my belly, as opposed to the front. I would feel a lot of, a lot of kicks when I did feel kicks were coming out of like kind of the bottom of my ribs out towards my hips. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I know the boys were water treaders and Caroline wasn't as active, but because her placenta was anterior, like Porter was always the one I felt most, even of the boys. Because of his location. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Cooper, I would feel a little bit, but it was muffled. Right. right? So uh, so number two, we have seeing the baby growing in ultrasounds is something that you want to remember about being pregnant. I wholeheartedly agree with this. This is something that is really just so, it is just captivating. Sorry. It is just so captivating and like really is just such a marvel of technology to be able to see what you see on an ultrasound. It is really cool. And every time you go for your ultrasound, the baby's bigger, right? And they're doing different things. And I know with the twins, I had to have more ultrasounds than with Caroline, but I always found their progress and watching them, you know, do their stuff in my stomach. I always thought that was so cool. I always thought like, like with Finn, I had a very, well, actually, you know what, with Freya, I had super early ultrasounds because we were at the fertility clinic. So they what like I was going for ultrasounds very often every couple of weeks from we found out very very early, um, and so like I had probably had three or four ultrasounds between finding out and leaving the clinic at about fourteen weeks I'd say, um, and so like that's when you can really see like massive development because you see them just as like a little flutter of a heartbeat, just kind of a blob with a heartbeat so early on, which um, I 
which was the case with Finn as well, because I had a, a very early ultrasound at five weeks because my doctor thought that I was 15 weeks with, when I was pregnant with Finn, but that was just because I had irregular cycles, even though I was like, there's no way in hell I am 15 <laughs> weeks pregnant. And he was like, no, based on your cycle, I'm like, it's not right, but whatever. It turned out I was five weeks. Um, and so I had a ultrasound at five weeks and then I had an ultrasound at um, seven weeks because she wrote on it, check for viability. Cause she had just assumed that I was going to miscarry. Yeah. She was heartless, but whatever. Um, I digress, but she, so seeing that little flutter and then seeing it again later on at like the 12 week ultrasound was pretty amazing. And then I also had later ultrasounds, um, in my third trimester just to keep track, just to kind of gauge if I, I was going to go early again and just see if I was in labor or not. Yeah. So seeing it, it's just so amazing to see and to watch their movements and be able to see like, oh, that's a head and that's a nose and that's a chin and like, look at the little feet. And then if you find out the gender, which I've never done. So I've never actually seen what gender looks like on an ultrasound, but like looking at the toes and you can just see the bone structure in the legs. It's just, it, it really is amazing. I, yeah, it, that is, the ultrasounds are just so cool. They're very, I find them very stressful and anxiety inducing. Um, Especially the first few for you, right? Oh yeah. I am always a ball of nerves, like physically feeling ill because of my anxiety and stress around, you know, the fear of going and having a missed miscarriage again. And, and so like, I always feel terrible, but once I see, and I'm like, okay, is there a heartbeat? Because in Canada, the text can't legally tell you everything's okay or what they're seeing. But I always just kind of explain like, look, I've had a miscarriage before that was missed. They didn't find the heartbeat. I'm just so terrified. Like, can you just tell me, is there a heartbeat? And once I say that, like, once they say yes, then I'm like, and then I can sit back and I can kind of enjoy and just let them do their work. Um, and it's okay to say that if you're feeling that just an FYI, FYI. Um, but yeah, ultrasounds are pretty cool. And for me, like with the twins, I was going like every week or week and a half, two weeks for a while. Uh, cause they want to make sure that there's no twin to twin transfusion going on where one twin's growing and the other one's not. So I had to go for a lot of ultrasounds. So like I could see how much they were growing every few weeks. And it, that was really interesting to see because you always see people saying, oh, my baby's the size of an eggplant or right. But like it's one thing to go, oh, yeah, the size of an eggplant. It's another thing to like see it on the screen as to how much they're actually growing and moving and how much space they have or don't have. Right. So I thought that was kind of the neat thing about the twin pregnancy, which didn't happen with Caroline's pregnancy, um, was to see on the screen just how much they were growing. It was still interesting, like with having a single pregnancy to see she had, I had two ultrasounds with her to see the difference between 12 and, and 20. But yeah, it's, it was really cool to see all the twin stuff. So I also find too, like, it's interesting when you have third trimester, um, late third trimester pregnancy or um, ultrasounds that like to see just how squished they are in there because they've grown so much. Like it's really hard to discern features because there's just no space to like actually get a proper angle. It's, it's really, you know, it's really so crazy to think that you go from like 
it's two individual cells that are microscopic to a baby that is the size of a watermelon in 40 weeks. Like it is pretty phenomenal. And to be able to see that progress on ultrasounds is, is a pretty cool thing. And thanks to technology, we're allowed to do it because, you know, I know our moms never had all, they maybe had one ultra, ultrasound and like our grandmothers definitely didn't have any ultrasounds during pregnancy. So it's a pretty cool thing. So there was no ultrasound for me. And then Kaylee, who was born almost four years after me, there's one ultrasound for her and it's terrible quality. Like when you compare Kaylee's ultrasound to my kid's ultrasound, like it's night and day. That's crazy. Yeah. So look how far we've come in such a short time. Mm -hmm. So number three, something you'll want to remember is the anticipation of the baby. So all the excitement and anticipation you're feeling as you are pregnant and expecting your baby, right? All the prep that goes in, all the baby showers, I guess during COVID, you might not be having a baby shower, but all the, all the work that you put in to having the safe arrival of your baby. Yeah. And I think in the anticipation, like remembering the anticipation, I agree. There's like the sunshine and roses piece, but I think there's also, I think it's important to be mindful of like all of the feelings and in anticipation, there's the excitement, right? The positive feeling of excitement, but there's also the you know, the fear of the unknown and there are negative feelings attached to it that kind of go along with anticipation and it's okay. And it's important to remember how you're feeling that way because it also lets you know, um, like, at least for me, I remember that fear and that's that kind of like really the fear of the unknown that I had, especially with Freya, but it never goes away with subsequent pregnancies. I don't know if you felt that, but I did. Um, But it's important to remember that because it's a human emotion and it's a valid emotion and there's no shame in having those feelings. So yes, it's okay to be, you know, to remember the excitement and the happiness and the joy and, you know, those positive things. But I also think it's, it's important to remember all of the emotions that you feel because it validates your entire experience. It's funny because with the boys, there was definitely some, how am I going to do this feelings, right? Like those stress of going, oh my gosh, I have to figure this out. How am I going to do this? With Caroline, I feel like I was definitely more confident um, and maybe I shouldn't have been as confident, right? Because like I went from two to three And everyone had kind of told me, oh, you already have two kids. This one will be easy. You had twins. My baby will be easy. And it definitely was not the case, right? So I think I was a little naive when it came to her. But definitely with the boys, there was a lot of the happy emotions. Because with first babies, you have showers and stuff. And I know with second and third babies, sometimes they're doing sprinkles. It's a new thing because... You know, you already had a big shower. You don't really need much. But yeah, I think uh, you're right. There is kind of the good anticipation and the the hard anticipation, right? Yeah, and it's also important to like remember that so that you don't dwell on the hard anticipation mm-hmm. and to be aware of those feelings because it's important to be excited 
um, and not let that excitement, the positive excitement, um, be overshadowed by, you know, the fear of the unknown or your anxiety or your stress. And so by reflecting on both, I, I think it gives you a bit of a balance of the anticipation. So number four, we have, you'll want to remember the deep pride that you feel carrying your baby. Yeah, I, okay. So deep pride, I don't necessarily, I a hundred percent agree with remembering the pride because I was proud to be pregnant with Freya. Um, and I think for women who experience fertility struggles and who, you know, it takes time for trying to conceive and for whatever reason, I think there is definitely a sense of achievement and pride to be pregnant um, and to carry full term, especially if you've experienced loss or carried to a safe term of delivery, right? And um, I think there is definitely a sense of pride. And I definitely felt that. I don't think my pride was, I didn't, I was very conservative in my, you know, outward excitement towards being pregnant. Um, like we've talked about how I didn't do, you know, I didn't announce it on social media for whatever, for all my different reasons, which we did a episode, a previous podcast episode about, but I think, um, even though I wasn't loud and out there about my pride, be like, Hey, look at me. I'm pregnant. Ah. Um, I still was very proud that I was like, yes, like I fought for this and I cried blood. I bled over this. Like I have worked hard and I have done something that for a very long time, even prior to having my miscarriage, I didn't know or think my body could do. And so I had done this and I was doing it and I, I definitely have that sense of pride when I'm pregnant. Yeah, I I don't know if I'd call it pride that I felt. Like I liked being pregnant, especially with the boys. I really enjoyed it. I felt beautiful with the boys. With Caroline, I did not feel beautiful at all. I felt like tired is how I felt with her. But I think it's good to like acknowledge all your feelings around being pregnant, right? So maybe it is like for you, you really fought to get pregnant. It was a long, hard road for you. So yeah, there's a sense sense of achievement and accomplishment because you've reached your goal, right? So, you know, I think sometimes when you work really hard and you do a lot of things, um, which I know you've shared in the past on many different episodes, some of the things that you went through and done in order to get pregnant, that, that kind of sticks with you. And, and yeah, you would definitely have that pride. Yeah. And you know what, and like, honest, and all honestly, like, my, my journey to get pregnant with Freya was, it was a journey. And it was hard. But you know what, there are some couples and women whose journeys are so so much longer than mine and so much more difficult, right? So on the spectrum, everybody's experience is different. Everybody's journey is different. Um, it doesn't, you know, no one's journey is more or less than. It's your own journey. And I think for anyone who experiences any type of fertility um, struggles, and it's it's something that when you do get pregnant, it is a sense of pride for sure. 
a lot of people struggle with infertility. Yeah. A lot of people, it's super common, right? So it's, it's probably more common than what people who don't, you know, like it's so common, but there are so many people who don't speak about their experiences with fertility and their struggles with fertility. So I think it's, we're just starting to, you know, talk about it as a society in the last few years. And it's very prevalent. It's just something that some people aren't comfortable sharing. Um, some people share after the fact, um, and some people share their journeys while they're living it. So people are at different stages, but there's definitely pride in pregnancy. So number five, something you're going to want to remember is your baby bump. So it's funny because when I got pregnant, one of my friends said, the one thing I really miss about being pregnant is my baby bump. And when you're super heavily pregnant, you're like, yeah, whatever. And uh, of course, I have the boys. And one of the things, the thing that I missed probably the most was the baby bump, right? I don't know. There was just something so sweet about having the bump and cradling the bump and talking to the bump. And for me, the bump is probably the one thing I still miss the most about being pregnant. This is, um, yeah, I agree. I really liked being pregnant. Like physically, I was very lucky that I had, you know, easy pregnancies. And I understand, you know, there's kind of a sweet spot of enjoying the bump, I think, because like, obviously, in your first trimester, um, you have like that bloated bump where you're just kind of gassy and bloated because things are stretching and painful. So that's not enjoyable. Um, and at the end end of their third trimester, you have, you know, this big belly that's achy and you're tired and swollen. And that's not necessarily, you know, a lot of people don't enjoy that. Um, but there's kind of like a sweet spot end of second trimester, beginning of third, where you're like, you're definitely pregnant. Um, anyone and everyone can see it. You have this great bump. I think like there's kind of, you know, some people might fit into that category. And something to remember too, I think is that uh, there are lots of people who struggle with, you know, weight and body image and accepting and embracing their new bodies um, while pregnant, because there's so many physical changes and, and many women struggle with, you know, loving the body, this new body, if that's something that they're not used to. Um, and that is totally fine too. And, you know, I've spoken about my, my disordered eating while I was pregnant, especially with Freya and the struggle with that. And even with my disordered eating and the struggles that I had with that, I still really did enjoy my bump. I loved having my bump. I do miss my bump. Um, I miss my bump from all three pregnancies. One way that I have found to recreate that feeling of a bump is baby wearing. That is probably the closest thing to do um, is like having having um, the baby in a wrap. And like I love my uh, beluga baby, my um, beluga baby wrap. But um, in any of my front wearing chest wraps, it kind of gives you that obviously the bump of the baby on your chest. So it's a little bit higher, but you, you, you kind of move the same way your back structure is kind of the same way you're supporting it. So I find that very similar in recreating the feeling of my bump. Um, but yeah, I agree. I do miss it. But I think it's also important to acknowledge that there are probably a lot of listeners to this who are like, hell no, I don't miss my bump. I will never miss my bump. And that's totally fine too. 
because some people physically just don't enjoy being pregnant. And that's true too. Like everybody's journey is different. Everybody's feelings are different, but um, I think there's also a sweet spot in enjoying your bump. Funny you say baby wearing reminds you of your bump because I remember putting one of the twins on me to baby wear and going, oh my gosh, how did I carry two of them? Because I, I hated baby wearing. I've talked about this before. I didn't, it was not for me. I totally thought it was going to be for me and it just wasn't for me. But I, yeah, I remember Keith, Keith and I were laughing the one day because I'm like, I can't even wear one of them. How did I carry two? So, it's pretty crazy yeah. even when you look at a single baby and you're like once you have the baby and you're like how were you inside of me like really like that is just it's just such an amazing concept like how did you fit in there it's just so amazing squished very very squished very squished <laughs> yes and very stretched mama so number six, we have something you'll probably miss is your deep connection to the baby. And that's a connection um, that you may or may not have. Um, but the kind of special thing about being pregnant is when the baby's inside you, you're the only person really experiencing the baby. Right. So that's something that I miss about not being pregnant. I'm not really sh- like... Did I feel a connection to the baby? Yes, especially the boys. Caroline, I've talked about before, I, I even struggled with her being pregnant. And I always wondered if it was because with the boys, I knew that they were boys and their names and stuff. And with her, I didn't know anything. So I, it could totally just have nothing to do with that. But I always, I remember being pregnant, wondering if the connection wasn't, quite the same because of that uh, because of me being so busy and tired after taking care of the boys but I know with both of my pregnancies like even when I was pregnant I felt a little bit more connection with the boys than I did with Caroline but during both pregnancies I really enjoyed having that time where it was just me and the babies and the outside world didn't know them yet at all right? They didn't even feel, they could kind of feel a kick on the outside sometimes, but that was about it. That's a really interesting perspective. Actually, quite a few things that you have just said, I find really interesting. Um, The way you presented number, this number six, um, because when we were discussing, I was like, I don't know, because, um, but like the way you presented it as like, you are the only one who knows this baby, in because the outside world doesn't know, I think is a really unique perspective to put on pregnancy. And I also think it's a very uh, interesting perspective as like feeling more connected that you felt more connected with the boys, but could potentially because be because you knew you had their names chosen, you knew that they were boys. So you had created this identity of these babies already prior to them coming earthside whereas because you didn't know if caroline what caroline's gender was or what her name would be you didn't know who she was essentially you knew she was a baby but you didn't know who she like who she who this baby was and i think that's a very interesting perspective because i didn't find out for all three of them i don't know like with 
with Freya, I don't think I took the time to like reflect on like that connection. Um, I always nicknamed the babies. So like Freya's name in utero was Sprat after um, the housekeeper and butler or the butler from Downton Abbey for the Dowager. Um, in the later seasons, I used, I used to call, we nicknamed Freya Sprat. Um, so like I had all different ones and like Finn and Maeve were not as creative names. Obviously like Finn was M2 and Maeve was M3. So, but they still had like, still had personality, I guess. But I, I gave them those nicknames because Caroline was C3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, so I had like this, I, I guess, like, I guess a personality attached or like an identity kind of attached to these these babies prior to meeting them but I think that's a really a really nice way to put it as like because I don't know if I was overly I don't think I took the time to deeply reflect and like focus on the connection that I had this intimate connection that I had with each individual baby but the way you put it as you are the only person who knows this baby before they come earth side and you're the only one who's experiencing all of this I think that's a really beautiful way to think about it and again I know I know that there will be listeners and who are saying who just don't enjoy and who don't feel connected to their babies during their pregnancy and that is totally okay Um, or people who are struggling with their connection with their babies who you know, find out with what the gender is and it's, they're disappointed and experience gender disappointment because that throws a major curveball into, you know, that connection piece, um, which we have done. Actually, that was our first episode. It was, yeah, me, our, me with the boys. Your experience of gender yeah. disappointment. But I think that could play a part in people's experience with that connection piece. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because that takes a lot of work to work your way through that. Right. Yeah. And I, but it's okay. Like, and, and I think that's one thing is that if you're struggling with, you know, gender disappointment, or if you're struggling because you feel like you don't know this person um, or you don't know this baby that's growing inside you, that is okay. And if you don't feel connected to them, that's okay too. Because, because really like that's a really tall ask of someone for a lot of people to, you know, get to know this abstracted person who is growing inside you and stealing the life from you, essentially, to grow, even though it's an, a miracle that it's happening, it's still a very tall ask. And then, you know, you meet them when they come Earthside and, and you deliver them and they come out and you're, some people feel immediately connected and other people and bonded and other people don't. And that's okay too. Sometimes you have to work with it. You were a perfect example with it because you, you know, you struggled with gender disappointment with the boys. And then with Caroline, you have in multiple venues and um, episodes, you've talked about your, your struggle to connect with her once she was born and like deeping building that bond with her um, after she was here. And so, it's okay if you experience that. Not everybody will feel deeply connected, but I think it's a very interesting and a beautiful perspective that you presented it on as you are the only person who experiences that and knows that baby and their habits. Because babies do get habits in utero. Like, did you? Oh yeah, definitely. I think Caroline got her finger sucking habit in utero. 
she very basically, common. She basically came out and she sucks two of her fingers backwards. And funny enough, Keith's brother's daughter sucks the same two fingers only forwards. Really? So like, <laughs> yeah. Maeve had a um like a pattern or a person a tendency, a behavior tendency that at between 7:30 and 8 o'clock, she would get the hiccups in utero. Third trimester, mid, late second trimester, she would have hiccups every single night for at least an hour. And that trend continued until she was about two months old. Every night between 7:30 and 8, she would get hiccups for about an hour. That's funny. Yeah. So like you get to know those personality traits and those patterns. But like you said, you are the only person who experiences that. Well, and I think that's something that's special. And even if you're struggling with your pregnancy, that gives you kind of a positive thing that you can kind of focus on is while you're pregnant being like, I'm the only person that gets this experience. Right. Because, you know, like I said, the odd, the odd kick is what your partner will feel and your family, but like you get the full experience. That's, uh, yeah, that's very true. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.